BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon, truly doing the most and the least at the same damn time. Um, Thanks for tuning in today. We are going to talk about... um, well, a lot of things, you know, what's been happening, what's been going on in your lives, what's been going on in my lives. I am in LA at the moment and I've been traveling so much and y'all know I am such like a travel aviation nerd geek. And let me tell you, I'm still trying to navigate how I handle people at the airport. It's not the employees. I think they do a fantastic job. It's that there's a sense of lawlessness when you get behind security at an airport, which is ironic because it should be a place where you're a little bit more buttoned up and you have your shit together. But my true absolutely not that I've just been really observing recently is just the fact that people lose all sense of what is right and wrong, um, how to, you know, handle themselves as law-abiding citizens when they're at the airport. What are you talking about, Heather? It's like in no other place in the world would people just take off their shoes and walk in a bathroom. In no other place in the world would people just lay down on the floor and take a nap in the middle of, middle of you know, a, a public space. But at the airport, they sure as hell do it, don't they? So I got drunk and I booked a flight. I had to come out here for work. And so I booked a flight. And naturally, I was like, you know what? After like seven Chardonnays, I'm going to put myself in first class. I deserve it. You know, I need to be treating myself like the boss lady that I intend on being. And I was trying to navigate a little bit of the etiquette of being in first class. Here's the deal. Written in first class before. I've gotten upgraded plenty of times. My dad, who was just a super cute, he used to always, he had so many miles that it was actually cheaper for him to put me in first class than it was in a normal seat. Because sometimes y'all who are like really savvy with buying airline tickets know that sometimes that's how that works. But so I'm in, you know, seat 1B on Delta, which I'm Delta loyal forever, love them. But it's just so funny now being, you know, uh, not a businesswoman. Like I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't travel that normal Monday flight at like 6 a.m. to Toledo to go do work. And I always dress nice on an airplane. I always wear a hat. You guys know I have like a very specific travel outfit that I like to wear. But it's very interesting. Sometimes being one of the only women in first class is been a little eye-opening to me where I look around and I'm like, these are actually just all business dudes or, you know, 
I'm like, why are there not more women in first class? What's going on here? So I, I'm proud that I spent a fortune on buying myself <laughs> a solo. Uh, it was actually one way too, which was, you know, you never win on one way tickets because they're just so expensive. But I was like, fuck it, I've had seven Chardonnays, I'm going to go for it. So I'm sitting in 1B, and when I get on the airplane, I had to put, because I had a bigger suitcase, I had to put it four rows behind me. Now, nothing stresses me out, no matter if you're in the front of the plane or the back of the plane, when people are not nice to the person who's four rows ahead and who has to come back and get their bag. To me, it should just be like, you know, if you're sitting in front of me, of course, I'm going to wait and allow you to come back and get your bag that's in 24D, right? If you're in... I, I just don't understand when people try and bust through someone and don't allow them to come back and get their bag. We all know how stressful it is when you're a carry-on only kind of gal. And I try and live my life that way because, you know, I like to expedite my traveling process. So I'm in 1B. Have to put my suitcase in 4B. 4D, excuse me. Not a big deal. Still in first class. Not a big deal. The gentleman that were the three rows behind me were so annoyed that I asked them, I said, excuse me, hi guys. Like we landed, you know, we're the first ones up. I said, hi, I'm so sorry. I just want to expedite, literally said, I want to expedite this process. Would someone mind, you know, passing me my bag or letting me slide through to get my bag in 4D? The attitudes that I got from these friggin' old guys was unfriggin' believable. And I thought to myself, I said, absolutely fucking not. If my father was on this plane with me, he would have held up the whole damn thing and said, y'all, hey, what's your name? Buddy in the back, 4D, we're going to have a little chain gang right here and y'all are going to pass up the bag. And I was thinking, I was like, was I in the wrong? Did I inconvenience them? Well, should I have just stayed in my row and allowed them to pass by? We weren't even, you know, they hadn't even opened the boarding door yet. And here I was already getting salty attitude. And I was flying on an American flight from New York to Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And we were on a tiny regional jet. And I got on before this gentleman. I put my bag up. And it was a tiny regional jet. So the first class literally had barely any overhead space. This guy screamed at me. He was like, are you, are you kidding me? You took the last space. I was like, sir, you can go right back there. And I realized that this is one of those guys. He wouldn't dare want to go back maybe a row to get his bag. He wanted it to be right above him, which I understand you're paying a little bit more. You're paying a premium. You want things to be convenient. But the attitude he gave me as if I should have left that spot open for him was mind blowing. And so I just want to encourage anybody out there, if um, you're one of those assholes who doesn't allow people to just take a second and, and collect their belongings, we need to look at the bigger picture of society. Yes, I'm getting deep for a moment. But the way people act while they're traveling and while they're on an airplane just blows my mind. I saw a man in socks walk to the bathroom on the flight yesterday. He walked right into the bathroom. I'm going to tell you this right now. This should be pretty obvious, but if you're that much of a friggin' ding-dong and you can't figure it out, the bathroom floor, the bathroom walls, the bathroom handles, any place in a conf confined, closed space like a, ba a bathroom on an airplane is filthy. It's friggin' filthy. Remember when we all gave Britney Spears way too much shit about walking into a BP gas station barefoot? Well, guess what? The rules still apply to you, Mark, when you're walking into a bathroom on a friggin' airplane. It's an absolutely friggin' not.
It's like, mind your manners. Whatever happened to helping people out? You know what? If you see an older lady, help her get her bag down. If you see somebody who might need assistance, let's all just be patient. Trust me. I am one of those people when they come on and they announce, hey, you know, we we had a a delayed flight. People are going to be trying to get to their connecting flight. Let's let them run by. I'll let you run by. I'll, I'll hold my aisle because I'm considerate. But to me, it is so unbelievably wild to see actual grown adults just forget all their morals, their ethics, their personal hygiene rules when they're on an airplane. I don't know why this like luggage gate just has me so shooketh, but it was just wild to see grown men who wouldn't help me out, who wouldn't even grab my bag. And of course, the guy I was sitting next to reminded me of my dad. And I had this really creepy moment where I wanted to hug him. And I didn't end up hugging him because then I didn't want it to be weird. And then I noticed like halfway through the flight, he was just like woofing down vodka sodas. And then I was like, oh, God, what if he like, you know, takes this as like I'm trying to like hug him in a sexual way. And I'm actually just trying to hug him in a fatherly way because he looked like my dad. So I didn't hug him. But I did have a split moment after one Chardonnay where I was like, do I just lean over and hug this guy? But you know, I've been working on self-control, so. Because I forget sometimes. I'm an emotionally very open person. I don't cry a lot at all. Like, I'm one of those people who cries happy tears. I'm never really a sad crier. Like, now, you know, even since my dad's passed, like, I'll have a moment, but then I kind of, like, let it go. But damn it, if something's happy, weep. Weep. I'm in church, weep. At a baby shower, hysterical. At a wedding, inconsolable, truly. Because I think maybe maybe it's because I'm a Pisces, Maybe it's because my mom had me at 40. I don't know what's miss, what's the missing link there, but I'm just a very happy, emotional crier. But oh God, look at me going on a tangent. I'm turning into an old lady. You know, I turned 32 this year and I just get grumpier. And I give my fiance, Jeff, so much shit about turning into this like old, grumpy Italian man. But maybe it's just, you know, the wool's been, been pulled over from my eyes and now I can actually see and I've just become like this... <laughs> old, disgruntled, half Jewish, because you know, I've got Jewish roots. Woman who just sits back and I observe the world. And some days I just want to, you know, pour a a, a lukewarm glass of Chianti and light a long cigarette and just watch the whole place burn down. But you know what? I digress. Basically, don't be an asshole when you're traveling. You know, be courteous. Also, (laughs) I, I, one of my dear friends who's Brian Kelly, he's a points guy. He's really taught me how to like efficiently use my credit cards for good and not evil. And since I am a Delta gal, you know, I always fly into hubs. New York's a hub. Atlanta's a hub. LA. That's my little triangle of all the places I travel. My, my grandfather was chief pilot for Delta for 40 years. I love the Delta product. I am just, that's an airline that I like to stick to. And I always try and encourage people from what I've learned from my friends who are like really big in the points world or just like travel gurus is find a hotel brand that you love, find an airline that you love and stick with. I'm all about loyalty. Like you guys know, I have brand loyalty. Like I just like to work with people who I think are putting out a good product. I digress anyways. But so I have two credit cards. I have like the American Express Platinum, which is a regular credit card. And then I had the American Express Delta, which is my Sky Miles card. Well, I I didn't know that you you could add your Platinum to your Delta app. (laughs) So I didn't have it the other day. And y'all know me. I love a friggin' Sky Club. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking 
for your soulmate, I want you to go to the Delta Sky Club or any Sky Club that you're loyal to on Monday. It's really Monday through Friday because that's um, somebody sent me a message like, Heather, there were no hotties in the Delta Sky Club on a Saturday. I said, yeah, that's right, Carol, because guess what? Those guys are already somewhere doing something fabulous and you could be on a boat with them too, but instead you're traveling on a Saturday. And that's why there was no one there. You want to go Monday, like 9 a.m.? You know what I mean? Because it's always entrepreneurs. Because the guys who work for somebody else have to get on a flight at like 6 a.m. But the entrepreneurs who are like doing their own thing, making their own schedule, are there at like 9 a.m. And you just look cute and you live your truth and you flirt. You, you freaking flirt. Go up. Get a couple extra snacks. You know, don't get too wasted. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday. You got to look like a professional too. But if you're looking for a love, a new lover, that's where you go. I swear to God. My second husband, I'm going to find him in the Sky Club. You know what I mean? I found love in a hopeless place, but it's not a hopeless place because it's a sky club at an airport and people are going places and doing things. And that's the kind of positive energy I like to surround myself with. So that's me living my truth. But I went into the sky club yesterday and literally the woman, like I didn't have my card that allowed me to have free access to the sky club. I only had my other one that you have to pay $29. No big deal. By the time you go to Starbucks and you get a sandwich somewhere, you've already spent $45 in the airport. So I'd rather give it to Delta and hang out in a beautiful sky club and get free drinks. Anyways, but the woman, when I walked in, like they scan your, you know, boarding ticket and then it'll show whether or not you have free access. I already had a first class ticket. So I think if you buy a first class ticket, you should automatically get access to the Sky Club. I don't know if I fucked that up or what I did, but this woman literally goes, hey, Carol, Carol, we got a $29. You need to charge a $29, like screaming it. And there's so many people behind me in line and you know, whatever, it's $29. I still have the Amex, no big deal. But I was just like, did she really, was it necessary? Did she have to announce to the whole place that I didn't have the top credit card? I had the credit card that I could afford that was within my means at the moment. And I just literally looked at her and I go, was that necessary? And she's just like, it's $29, ma'am. It's 29. And so a couple people messaged me and they're like, we know this exact woman. I think her name's like Leslie. She works Terminal B at Atlanta Airport. And she just loves to throw all the friggin' shade in the world at anybody who doesn't have the platinum platinum. Listen, it's good marketing on her part because, you know, once you get shamed enough in public, you're like, fuck it, just give me the goddamn credit card. So it's, it's working, but I just have one of those moments. I was like, she just announced to this whole place where I'm at. But this is the thing. Kept me humble. Kept me humble. And you bet your ass I bring Ziploc baggies and put snacks to go and bring them on the flight. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know, I'm turning in to my grandmother. Sometimes you just got to sit back and observe the world and, and make notes. Bring a little journal with you when you travel. Like physically write down what you do and don't want to do. Um, with the rest of your life. Because I think being on an airplane, being in the airport with this lawlessness, it really lets you take a moment and realize, you know, be the you today that you want to be tomorrow. Figure out who you are as a person. Watch that guy walk into the bathroom with no shoes on. Watch some lady just sprawl out in the middle of a filthy floor taking a nap. And listen, I understand traveling's hard and it's frustrating and it can be time consuming and it's not necessarily where you want to be, but traveling used to be a luxury. And now we treat every airport like the terminal of a Greyhound bus and I'm not here for it. And I'm putting my foot down. We need to respect airline employees more. We need to respect gate agents. God. And if you don't tip your sky cap on the way in on a flight, just go ahead and just, you know. 
just run your car off a bridge. No, I'm kidding. I never promote, you know, self-harm, but I'm just saying you need to go home and take a long look and have some self-reflection and, and just, just know that, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. So don't start ripping ass back in, in cargo. Don't do it. Don't do it for the people around you. People who fart on planes just need to be done with. Um, okay, we're going to pop into a couple voicemails here. So stick with me. Thank you for being here and, and listening and tuning in. It means the world to me. And I love when you guys call in and I love to have an intimate, real honest conversation with y'all. So remember, you can always call into the hotline and I'm here to answer your questions. And let's just talk about life and things that we're trying to learn along the way. So we're going to shoot to a couple voicemails now. Hey, Heather, this is Aaron in Central Texas. Hey, Aaron. My absolutely not is when men shake my hand by crushing my small phone. I work male-dominated field, and I'm already the minority. Uh-huh. I mean, in most workplaces, am I right? But I don't understand the need to um, grasp my hand and then Crush my palm together. Okay. I already understand that you're the dominant one here, and I am the minority. Um, I don't know if you deal with this, but that's my absolutely not. Love you, Heather. Bye. Aaron from Central Texas. Okay, this is an interesting, absolutely not interesting question. Because my biggest pet peeve in the entire world, entire world, you can eat with your mouth full, talk with your mouth full, you can you know, rip ass in front of me. It doesn't even bother me. When I go in for a handshake to somebody of the opposite sex and they give me one of those like little baby like pussy handshakes back, you know, where they like barely put out their hand and they just kind of like gum it. They kind of barely palm your hand. That actually makes me want to crawl out of my skin because to me, it's super disrespectful. Like my dad taught me, he's like, Heather, when my first friend in kindergarten was my best friend, Anne Marie. And I was so nervous to go to kindergarten. My dad said, Heather, it's like a business deal. You go in there, you find the friendliest face. You go up to them. You stick your hand out with a firm handshake. I'm five or six, mind you. You say, hi, I'm Heather McMahon. I'd like to be your friend. You want to be mine? And to this day, my best friend, Anne-Marie, is the, the one person who gave me a strong handshake back. So here's the thing. I hear you. And if this is if they are being too rough with your hand, th- that's interesting because I usually only get that people are uh, too loose with my hand. And then when I come in for a firm handshake, they say, oh, wow, wow, that's a strong handshake. And then I want to punch him in the dick. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Michelle, my producer, what do you think about this? I'm going to have to really disagree with Erin in Central Texas here. Okay, I think she needs to buck up a little bit. I mean, granted, I don't want to... I don't want to go too far. I don't know if these are like farmers with rough hands, like literally right, crushing we are her Central hand. Texas. That's true. But I'm kind of like, lean in, girl. Hit them with a big handshake back. Show them who's boss. Yeah, maybe you got to go in stronger. And then, um, you know, maybe you bring your other. So if you're shaking with your right, you bring your left and you do that like little crunch yourself. That if you slide in and get your hand in first, I just think make eye contact and just be the dominant gal. Unfortunately, yes, we always have to lean in in this situation. But don't let them crush you. You put your foot down. And if it's way too hard, you say, hey, Randy, Randy, calm down. Okay, this isn't football. Yeah, but you know what? Central Texas is probably a lot of cowboys. And oh, you know what you could also do, Aaron? You could just lube up your hand. Come in highly moisturized. Oh, that's brilliant. So if they go in for a triple crush, you just slide out. 
You know, you say, oh, sorry, I just wash my hands. That's that, a great one. Or mm-hmm. also invest in some long, pointy acrylics. Yes, come Scare through Scare the shit out of them. Erin, I'm so sorry you're going through that, but truly my biggest pet peeve is the opposite of that. I hate a pussy handshake back. Um, okay, let's go to the next caller. Hey, Heather, huge fan here. Um, I know that you recently got engaged, and I am curious if you um, had to have, like, big uh, discussions with Jeff and like was one of you more into it than the other person and I'm just curious because I've been with my boyfriend for four and a half years and we're both 29 and I just am kind of curious how you made it happen Um, that's pretty much my question Um, I guess just more about the uh, engagement journey for you bye okay easy answer it's a roofie you take a roofie and you put it in their drink and you take them straight to a jewelry shop no um okay interesting how do we get into it jeff and i have had a very non-traditional life uh relationship we've been long distance for almost like truly six out of eight years i met jeff and we fell madly in love i don't know it was weird when we when i knew i just knew like i've said before he walked in the bar and i looked right at him and i go i'm gonna marry you and then we fell we were just kind of inseparable after that. My thing was I had the pressure from the other side. Everybody got really pissed off when we were together two and a half years and we weren't engaged. And I was like, wait a minute. I, at that point in my life, we were like babies when we met. I said, I got to go to LA and, you know, pursue my dreams. And he said, I want you to go now because, you know, you know later on, I want to get married and have kids. And I want to, I want you to not get it out of your system. But he's like, I want you to have that opportunity. And I don't want you to ever look back and resent me because I, I didn't let you go to LA. And what do you know? Like, look how life comes full circle. I went to LA only to come back to New York. And I've been in Atlanta and, you know, LA wasn't the end all be all, but I'm so glad that I came out and had that opportunity. I mean, I don't know. I think if you're really in love, you just kind of have that conversation, you know, what say, maybe say, what is, what is your end goal? How are you feeling? Uh, to me, I don't think that it has to be just within a certain t- time frame. You're 29, you're still young. Like maybe if you want to have kids tomorrow, I would say definitely have that conversation. I'm a little old school, like, you know, I told Jeff, I said, you know, I definitely want to make sure, we're, you know, if we got pregnant tomorrow, of course, I can't wait to be a mom. But I definitely was like, we kind of, t- we plan things out a little bit. Like I said, this is kind of my, my five-year goal or whatever. And I know that's so cheesy and such a boring answer, but we kind of like sat down and had a discussion on it. And he's no, like, you got to be on the same page. Right. Yeah. I think it's just honestly, listen, 99% of problems in, in relationships, whether they're friendships, marriage, whatever, it's because people don't communicate. So, you know, this person better than we do, you know, them like the back of your hand, I'm sure. I think you just need to sit down and have, have an honest conversation. And it doesn't have to be a, we need to get married tomorrow, but just, hey, babe, you know I'm crazy about you. You know, I know you feel the same way. We've been together four and a half years. What do you see our future holding? Mm-hmm. I don't think it hurts to say that. I mean, Michelle, you've been with your boyfriend how long? Three years. Three years. Okay. Do you guys have this conversation? Absolutely. And we're very young. He's even younger than me. He's two years younger than me. And we have no plans on getting married, but we both know that that's something we're open to in the future. And listen, if a guy says, eh, no, fuck it. Okay. I'm going to say something very bold. If the guy says, eh, you know, I don't really want to get married or I don't, if 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 that's where the conversation goes and fucking drop him quicker than you can say, we'll see ya. and run. And not that I think that every, everybody has to get married. Don't think that you have to put yourself in that box. But if you love this person and you see yourself getting married or even just having kids, starting a family and they're not on board, bye. We'll see ya. Next caller. Thank you for calling. I love these relationship questions because trust me, I don't have it all figured out. Well, hello, Heather McMahon. You're one of my favorite people ever calling from California here in Ventura. Ventura. Uh, So, you know, absolutely not, I suppose. Um, I have no problem with people who are like super organic, vegan. Love that. You do you. 
also I have no problem for people who like to like do fillers and like, you know, go the kind of like fake looking route or just maybe make themselves look better or whatever. No problem with that either. Yeah, do your thing. But like, don't say that you only put organic products on your face and in your body if you're filling yourself up with poisonous injections to like freeze your muscles in your face. Just say you get Botox. Like, that's absolutely not. You're not going vegan and you're not keeping your body pure. You're injecting with, you know, you know, the levels, the, the devil's whatever you want to call it. the devil's so, dust. Anyhow, oh, you know, I hope this south. is uh-huh. going to be one of my favorite podcasts. I already think it is going to be. I uh, can't wait to hear from you guys. And you're awesome. Keep doing life, man. Break it down, Tatiana. Oh, yes. Ended with a bang. Yes. Break it down. Bust down, Tatiana. All right. I hear you, girl. Um, here's my thing. You know, you are you said you were from Ventura, California, so you see the fillers all the time. Fuck, I hope I'm not one of those people who's saying that. I mean, I try and use a lot of organic products on my face, but baby, let me tell you what. Botox, greatest thing ever. Now, I do baby Botox because I am an actor and I still have to use my face. I truly get the smallest amount that my, <laughs> my doctor said he's ever given anybody because I just have this like one hard line across my face that I just need to like soften. And it does make a big difference in photos. So I like Botox. I mean, fuck, everybody gets it. And if you don't want to get it, don't get it. But I hear you when people say, oh, I'm super organic. I'm super organic. But then, you know, they get like their lips done or something. I totally hear you. Yes, I think you have to be transparent across the board. You know, who knows? There's truly not enough research on any of this stuff. I mean, isn't it all just kind of a crapshoot gamble? Like we roll the dice, just blow, and I go, snake eyes, you know, and see where it lands. It's roulette. I mean, it is interesting because if you get Botox, they absolutely will not allow you. If you're even thinking about getting pregnant, if you have just had a baby, if you're breastfeeding, they still have not figured out enough research whether or not it'll affect like your breast milk or the baby. So, I mean, that's got to be sort of a red flag, but... listen, I'm a part of the problem. I get the Botox and then I'll be like, I'm going gluten-free for a fucking week, you know, and lose my mind. So I hear you, but don't let that ruin your day. You know what I mean? If there's a lady and maybe you're your book club who's just filled to the brim with fillers and Botox, but she, you know, yells at you for not, you know, drinking almond milk, just say, hey, Hey, girl, Linz, Linz, because I sound, feel like that was a Lindsay that would say that. would be like, Lindsay, stay in your lane, bitch. And then just casually flip the page in your book and act like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live your truth. But if you want to put stuff in your face, do it. My thing is, okay, I've never had my lips done. And I'm oh, not I li- want them so badly. No, you don't need it. I want just a little, like mm-hmm. right on the, the bow, you know, just like a little perk up there. No, no, no. I'm telling you right now. And listen, if you've gotten your lips done, that's fantastic. My thing is, and I swear to God on my dead father, I have never had my lips done. The one thing that I can say is my dad gave me really good eyebrows and good lips. You have fantastic lips. Thank you. And my sister has the same ones. I have a scar on the top of my lip and the bottom of my lip from when I was little. At two years old, I fell through a coffee table. I was dancing and I fell off through a coffee table. Or, Or did I fall out of the crib? It was one of those. And my tooth, my front tooth went through at the bottom of my lip. So I have a really intense scar when you're like actually in person. So people always think it's a scar from like, I've had my lips. I'm like, no, I would be honest. I'm honest about everything. I would tell you. Also, I don't think you get a scar. It's not like they cut them off and like put new ones on, right? Right? Like they just put stuff in. Right. But it's crazy. To my knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Maybe they're doing something else now. I don't know. But people always say like, who does your lips? And I mean, I'm honored and flattered, but truly it's the only thing that like God gave me. So like, let me fucking have it. 
That is the most LA question ever. Your lips are amazing. Who does them? Yeah. And I, I got offended the first time somebody asked me that. I was like, oh, wait, no, I just, that's my blessing. That's my blessing. Thin ankles, good lips, good eyebrows. But on that note, it's crazy to me when people get their lips done because it, it, to me, it's the first thing you notice on someone. Like I can, you could have a full face lift, Botox, the whole works, but I can tell when you've had your lips done from a mile away. So just be honest That's about true. it, you know? And if you want them done, fuck it, do it. Just don't overdo them. Unless you're Lisa Renna and she can do no wrong in my book. No, she could go bigger. Yes, always. Go bigger, go home, baby. The queen we don't deserve. Let's go to the next caller. Thank you for that question. Hi, Heather. This is Chelsea from Seattle, Washington. Great. And I just need to know what is, I need a step-to-step guide on how to make an Aperol spritz because everywhere I go, they don't make them very good, I don't think, because I'm not liking them and you love them. So I need to know like what kind of spritz do you use? Do you stir? Do not stir? Thank you. Wow, so stressed out at the end. I love how exhausted she is by this. Chelsea, that was like such a sigh. Oh, honey, I feel your pain. So for those of you who don't know what an Aperol spritz is, um, it's like Christ himself has come down, placed his sweet, sweet, perfect body in a chilled glass. You're sitting in Positano. In Italy, just relaxing. It's five o'clock. The sun is slow. Well, it's not even setting yet because it's the, you know, it's daylight savings. I don't fuck with when it gets dark at four. But, you know, okay, it's seven o'clock. It's crisp out. It's a perfect day. And Christ himself is in a glass with actual Aperol, which is um, a liqueur. Then you put in a little bit of Prosecco. Then you top it off with club soda. You slowly stir it around, add a lot of ice and a nice crisp orange slice. I hope I'm making this as sexual for you as I feel as it goes down my throat. If you go to a bar and they don't stir it, they've done it wrong. And let me tell you something right now. I didn't like, well, I did put the drink on the map in the States, but I didn't come up with this. This is a traditional drink that has been around since the dawn of time in Europe. You spritz because the orange liqueur, it's a aperitif. So it's supposed to be drank, you know, as a refreshing drink, something that you have before you have a meal because the bubbles and the carbonation, it kind of gets your appetite going. So you've made room for food is essentially you have aperitifs and then you have digestifs. A digestif is something like you could have like a Grand Marnier or a Sambuca, you know, with an espresso. That's a traditional drink that you drink after a meal to help you digest your food. So a spritz is supposed to get you excited to, you know, eat more fabulous food, to drink wine, and then you drink a digestive after. Listen, if there's one thing I am in life, y'all, it's a drink snob. And I personally love an Aperol spritz. But if you go into a bar, a lot of people don't know how to make it. If, if you see orange at the bottom and then it slowly gets clear to the top, they didn't do it right. And they need to stir it. And I like it with a lot of ice. If they're not doing a lot of ice, they're doing it wrong. But honestly, there's no wrong way to spritz unless it's not stirred. And if it tastes bad, then they did it wrong. It should be refreshing and light and delicious. And listen, it's not for everybody. People, Some people are like, I don't like a spritz. Okay, live your truth. You know, I don't like bourbon. Like, lay off me. I don't know. Chelsea, um, I can't wait to visit Seattle. I'm going to come to Seattle. So stay tuned, honey. But keep living your best spritz life. All right, let's go to another question. Thanks for calling. Hi, uh, this is Emily calling from New Jersey, and I'm curious if you could tell me what you think or whose responsibility it is when friends move away, whose responsibility is it to try to keep in touch more often? The people that move away or the people who stay behind? Like, I get that the people who move away are outgoing and living their best lives, whatever, whatever, but what about the people that get left behind? Like, can they get invited to come and visit? Do they have to invite themselves? What's the appropriate thing? 
thing for that. Thanks so much. Bye. Wow. Okay. First of all, Emily from New Jersey. First and foremost, um, you're in New Jersey. So regardless whether your friend moved to Toledo or Tampa, you're going to feel left behind. I'm kidding. No hate, no shade to Jersey, but all the hate and shade. (laughs) Forget about it. So you feel like you're stuck in New Jersey, which is a conversation that I think you need to have with yourself. Um, I love the honesty. You know, what, what? okay, what is your friend actually doing? Like, are they really, like, living their best life? Probably not. They're probably stressed out. They forgot to call, you know, Time Warner, whoever the cable provider was, you know, ahead of time before their move. So they're, they've probably been living there, say, for, like, three or four months without internet, and they're just stressed out. So it's not probably a great situation for them. So I don't want you to feel like you're missing out. Don't have FOMO on wherever they moved. Now, if New Jersey is stressing you out personally, maybe it's time to switch things up. But when it comes to the direct question of who's supposed to keep in touch with who, I believe communication is a two-way street. I have a couple friends who, when I moved back to Atlanta for a hot second, you know, I wouldn't hear from them. Then I'd run into them in LA and they're like, oh my God, I haven't heard from you. And I'm like, hey, I actually had to leave to go take care of some heavy stuff and you weren't there for me in one of the hardest times of my life. But you know what? I dusted off my shoulder and I keep moving and I don't really resent them, but you have to communicate with them. I always say, be the bigger person. And reach out and just say, hey, I miss you, buddy. How are things? Don't wait for somebody to call you because nothing pisses me off more than, okay, here's the thing too. I'm a very straightforward person. I've had friends who have been pissed and they've sat around and been upset about something for like two weeks and I have no idea. Here I am traveling, like doing what I got to do. And they're still mad. I'm like, well, you didn't know that I've been mad at you for two weeks and I've been sitting at home in New Jersey pissed as hell. You have to communicate. Just send a text. Hey, buddy, you have time to talk? Be straightforward with them. I just say always keep the open door invite and just say, hey, I want to come visit you or what's going on. See what kind of place they're at in their life. But also, Emily, maybe branch out, see what else is out there. You know, I wouldn't recommend going to the Mid-Atlantic because that's, I don't understand Delaware, no hate, no shade, but all the hate and shade to Delaware. But maybe like venture out, maybe see what your next chapter is. Don't rely on your friend just to show you their best life. You got to live yours too. All right, Emily, I just want to say thank you for calling and thank you to all of our callers. This has been so much fun getting to, you know, giggle and laugh. And man, this is an absolutely not. But also, I want to end with an absolutely yes. And I just want to thank y'all. You know, we're um, we're kind of new in this podcast. And I want to say y'all have been such a delight. And I love talking to each and every one of you. And the fact that you slide my DMs and that we have an honest conversation. I feel like we're building a, oh, this sounds so cheesy. I already hate it coming out of my mouth. But we've got a little community. And I adore each and every one of you. And I just want you to know that it is so much fun for me to chat with y'all. And whether we're talking about dildos or death, you know, it's all coming full circle. And it means the world to me that we can have this show and that you guys tune in. And it means just, I, I can't say thank you enough. So signing off from the Absolutely Not podcast. But remember, let's always find an absolute yes in everything that we do. Because honey, glasses half full. Let's do the most and the least at the same damn time. I can't even say my own catchphrase. Anyways, love and light. Love you guys. And um, live your truth. Ciao, ciao. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.